0: Welcome to the So We Speak podcast. This is Terry Fakes, and I have a very special guest today, uh, a dear and old friend of mine, uh, Mr. Steve Trice. I've known Steve a long time, and he's been a great mentor to me. He's been a great encouragement to me, and I think his story and his life will be a real encouragement to you. So, Steve, thanks for coming on and visiting with us today. Terry, thanks for having me. It's a joy to be here. Well, first question is: I know not all of our our listeners uh, around the country and in various places in the world will necessarily know uh, what you do and uh, your business background. Do you mind just taking a
1: minute to tell us what what is your business background? Sure, I uh, uh, was privileged to start a little company uh, 44 years ago named Jasco Products, and. Um, uh, today, uh, we started in the CB radio accessories business. Years <laughs> That's ago. a blast from the past. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, matured that into audio, video, telephone uh, accessories, uh, eventually computer accessories. Mm. Uh, all the, if you will, plugs, jacks, connectors, uh, uh, all the wiring uh, with your stereo, your TV. Uh, remote controls, all those things, and then uh, uh, in 2004, uh, we got into the home electrical products business. We bought Hmm. GE's home electrical products business from GE Lighting, and uh, uh, that gave us all the light switches, light plugs, dimmers, timers, uh, security devices, etc. And uh, been selling a lot of little stuff, about 3,000 different items today. We sell uh... every major retailer in the country uh... we sell uh... about uh... a hundred million products through uh... a year through eighty seven thousand retail locations wow. uh... across the united states and uh... i was uh... ceo of the company started it like i said forty four years ago until five years ago and uh... our two sons came to me and said uh... How about we be co-CEOs and, and you become chairman of the board? <laughs> and uh, uh, we prayed about that and uh, uh, the Lord put it on our hearts that that was the way to do it. And So uh, uh, today they are co-CEOs and run the business and I'm chairman of the board and it's uh, 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 life is good. It sounds like that, I remember your... We talked
0: about that before you did it because not many people do a co-CEO, but for you and your sons,
1: it has worked out very well. Well, it's worked out very well because uh, we have operations in Asia uh, and, and work with a lot of suppliers there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we represent, uh, we license name brands, uh, GE, Honeywell, Energizer, and Philips. Uh, to have a CEO that works with the the top people in those organizations. I see. And then on the other side of the business, we sell all of the major retailers. To have a CEO that works with all of them. Uh, uh, so it's it's. Uh, it made and, sense in your business model. Yeah, and you got the finance side of the business, the uh, the operation side of the business, and to kind of split that up between two guys in our business model. Works well. Worked well.
0: You know, I think I, I I wanted you to share this story of how you came to Christ. You you weren't a Christian uh, growing up per se. You you found yourself in this uh, growing business and married with kids, etc. Kind of in the situation that a lot of us have been in, and many of our listeners are in. And you kind of came to a what what I'd call maybe a pivotal point in your life. Would you mind just sharing kind of that story of that era of your life and how you actually
1: came to follow Christ? Sure. and very quickly to give you a perspective uh, to give the listeners a perspective. Um, I, I was raised in a very difficult family. I often say my my young family was a uh, was a train wreck. Mm. Uh, uh, my father was married and divorced uh, uh, four times and died divorced. My mother was married and divorced twice. Uh, she died divorced. They were uh, they were both alcoholics, mm. and I came out of my childhood uh, with with a uh, what I call a scarcity mentality, uh, uh, concerned about. Uh, always worried that I would lose relationships, always worried that I would lose financial ability, uh-huh. uh, loss of control and power, and was able to start a business, but was always worried about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we'd have a customer get mad, I, would, I could walk into the office every day with a big smile on my face, uh-huh. but if we had a customer that was mad at us, I was inside thinking about bankruptcy right, and and this is all over, and uh, uh, and and worrying needlessly, but worrying, uh-huh. and what it did, it led to depression. And I was depressed an average of about four days out of every seven, uh, throughout my twenties and thirties. Mm-hmm. Uh, got married uh, at twenty four years old. We had the, our two sons. Uh, had a great family mm-hmm. uh, had had a thriving business didn't have any reason to worry but boy, I did uh-huh. lost my parents uh, both of them to smoking related cancers in my late 30s had about 9 people close to me that died of cancer spent a lot of time in oncology wards mm. and uh, but I knew that that would never happen to me because I didn't smoke, I didn't drink to excess, I uh, I worked out all the time, uh, so you know I was the picture of health. Uh-huh. And I was getting ready to go on a a uh, uh, hiking trip with my young son, and they made me go for a physical, and I went and took a physical, and uh, uh, the doctor at the end of it said, uh, "You had some blood in your urine." come back after you get through with that hiking trip, I want to check you out further. Bottom line, I had bladder cancer wow. at 39 years old. And uh, i always remember driving back to the office uh, that day thinking, you know, if there is a God out there, this is not fair. Right. I got a beautiful family, I got a thriving business. And now, with my scarcity mentality, was the cup half empty? <laughs> or was it half full? Right. When I looked down on the cup, it had a big black hole in the bottom of it. Uh-huh. And I knew I was going to die. Uh-huh. You know? And, and so I started worrying about, you know, that. Add to that. And uh, uh, I uh, started going to, uh, I went to two different evangelical churches. And I prayed to receive Christ twice. Uh-huh. I walked the aisle in one. I walked out with the pastor. He helped me nail down that decision. And he said, when you come back next week, go to class 101. Uh-huh. And uh, I did. And he said, when you graduate from 101, go to 201. Graduate from 201, go to 301. And uh, I did all that. And I was still a mess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was invited to a prayer breakfast, a uh, in Oklahoma City, my father-in-law invited me. His accountant invited him, and I went to the prayer breakfast. And a guy named Bob Vernon, who was then uh, assistant chief of police of Los Angeles County, gave a wonderful testimony and said, "You know, God doesn't want to be our co-pilot. He wants to be the pilot. He wants to run our lives.
0: He mm-hmm. wants
1: us to turn our lives over completely to Him." And that message resonated with me and I prayed to receive Christ a third time that morning. But something different happened. About two hours after that breakfast, two men showed up in my office. And uh, one was a doctor from Oklahoma City and the other one was a judge from England. You weren't expecting them. I wasn't expecting either one of them. And my assistant came in and told me that these two men were out here, said they had breakfast with you this morning. And I said, "Yeah, me and twelve hundred of their best friends," <laughs> you know, and, uh, and 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 I said they're probably with the organization that 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 put that on, and they're here for a donation. Uh-huh. But uh, that's a good, st- you know, a doctor from Oklahoma City and a and a judge from England. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's a good pair. Send them in. <laughs> yeah. And so they came in, and Doctor Herman Reese. Uh, I didn't know it, but but Ted Hubbard, the judge from England, was uh-huh. sitting there uh, praying for me uh, while Dr. Herman Reese uh, uh, tried, helped me nail down that decision that I'd made that morning again. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'd have to know Dr. Reese, but it took him about five minutes to get around on my side of the desk with the track, Steps to Peace with God. Uh-huh. And he walks me through that. And then at the end of the discussion... He said, would, would, would you meet with me? And I said, well, Dr. Reese, I, I'm sorry, but I don't have time for one more meeting. Uh-huh. And he said, well, what are you doing at 6.30 a.m. next Wednesday morning? <laughs> and I said, well, I don't have an excuse for 6.30 a.m. <laughs> yeah, <get> on Wednesday <laughs> morning. And uh, so uh, he said, good. I'll be here in your office. Will you join me? And wow. I said, well, certainly, sir. And uh, I started meeting with Doctor Reese every Wednesday morning, and we did so for the next four years. And then he introduced me to a man named uh, Dan Williams, who uh, was in the parachurch ministry called the Navigators. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dan Williams met with me at six thirty a.m. every Tuesday morning for the next twelve years. Wow! And life started to change. And. Uh, and, and I learned to hear, read, study, memorize, meditate, and apply the Word of God to my life every day. I learned that God wanted me to get up and put on the full armor of God before I went out in the morning mm-hmm. so that I could stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Uh, I, uh, my, uh, my favorite life memory verse is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I learned to pray through verses like that. Mm -hmm. And and thinking about that verse, God God essentially told me in that verse to thank him for all of my circumstances, both the good ones and the difficult ones. And to realize that he was using the difficult circumstances in my life to mold, make, and shape me into his image. And, you know, over time, working with Dr. Reese and then working with Dan Williams, uh, depression went away. For the most part, anxiety went away. Am I still tempted Mm -hmm. to be anxious? Do, Do I wake up some mornings and think, Overwhelmed with the all the stuff I got to do today, uh-huh. but then I go to my knees and I turn it all over to God and I cast all my anxiety First Peter five, cast all my anxiety on Him, mm-hmm. and He takes it. Mm. So um, that's just me. We're all tempted with right. certain things. I mean, we're you know whether it's lust or anxiety or anger or you know right. We all have major temptations, but God's there to help us every day. And I learned it and I can't even spell the word depression anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That is an amazing story. And it's not amazing in the
0: sense that overnight a switch flipped, but it's amazing story because I think there are a lot of people in the world that struggle with chronic worrying, anxiety, whatever word we want to use there. And, When you began to walk with this individual, this guide or this discipler or whatever word we want to use and put these things, you know, believe that scripture and put it into practice, that went away. It it transformed your life. And I think sometimes we don't necessarily believe that. I know I've been convicted by Philippians 4-6 many times in my life. I mean, I recall thinking, this is not God's plan for me. In fact, he actually commanded me to stop this worrying and turn it over to him. But I would agree my experience has been, in a very much smaller way, the same as yours, is walking with somebody in a little bit of accountability, encouragement, and praying made the difference. It sounds like your story hinges a lot on those guys that were willing to for four years, then for 12 years, to walk through that process with
1: you. What was that like for you? Well, if, 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 if you think about it, the meeting virtually every week, I mean, they travel, I travel. Sure. Uh, but meeting every week, you learn to trust the individual that you're working with. And you can tell them your, your deepest thoughts, your deepest hurts, your deepest pains, and 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 to be able to share that with them and then turn around and say, and have you thought about what God's word says here? Mm-hmm. And have you memorized it? You know, Steve, you might think about memorizing this verse or this passage. And what I learned over time and what I've learned in discipling other guys like those men discipled me is to watch when a person gets God, God's Word inside of them. Mm-hmm. It transforms the way they think. And, uh, and, and I'll give you a... a there, there's a fulfillment that comes to the discipler because I've experienced it time after time. Uh-huh. Jesus said to us in John 10.10, 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Mm-hmm. And I have experienced in working with men and watching God change the way they think, there's a fulfillment in that that Mm -hmm. God gives me, that he gives us, that, wow, you know? You see the word in action. I'm not doing it. I'm facilitating it Mm -hmm. happening in another person's life, and it's awesome. It feels good. Yeah. Well, you had...
0: I mean to, uh, some of us would look at that and say well you had reason to worry I realize that makes no difference but you had cancer uh, you had a business to run you had worry some of that was of your own making but some of it really was circumstantially true and yet I love what you said about changing your attitude you know Romans 12:2 is one of the passages that I I tend to think about a lot is that transforming of our mind it's it's our heart and it's our hands but it's also how we think about the world so what did i want to switch perspective what did neanne your wife think through this process how did this process look to her do you know what i'm asking she's yes, got sure. this anxious husband and how did she experience the changes that came over you
1: well i just got to tell the audience one more thing because uh-huh. uh, I forgot to tell you that I had the, the bladder cancer surgically removed, and it never came back. Oh, well, I'm glad we
0: finished that. We would have gotten comments and questions.
1: Uh, yes. Uh, you know, Nian, um, uh, Nian raised a Bubba, you know. When I was 24 through my late 30s and before I, I really came to Christ and started walking with him, uh, uh, she had a—I mean, I don't know about uh, our, our audience, but I kind of entered a marriage thinking that, that uh, I should get to watch football every Sunday afternoon while she feeds me grapes. And, <laughs> and uh, uh, I learned very quickly that it wasn't going to Not work, the way it worked. That it wasn't, wasn't going to work that way. And I had to, in the infancy of that business, I had to travel a lot. And right. uh, she had two little kids around her ankles. And I uh, uh, over time, uh, as, as, as I would, as I learned to pray through verses like Ephesians in Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wives as Christ so loved the church, that you pour yourselves out for them. Mm-hmm. And you know, Father, change me, mold me, make me, change me, that, that I would learn to love her and cherish her, you know. And, and, um, uh, uh I, I learned that she, I learned that over time she responded very well to me serving her, mm-hmm. you know, instead of me thinking she was there to serve me. Right. Uh, I found out, I, I found out that, that, uh, she, she's supposed to love and respect me, uh-huh. but God puts it on us men to do the serving. Right. You know, that's right. So, uh, so, the more I served her the the, the better it got and and uh, 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 I came to Christ. Our sons were late teenagers, mm-hmm. and uh, when I came home, I mean late teenagers and their fathers, they know their fathers don't know anything right and then I came home and suddenly they had this Jesus freak in the house. All he wanted to talk about was Jesus, and they knew I'd lost it completely uh-huh. at that point. And they went away to college, and these men that I was working with, and and several other men, prayed for my sons for years. Wow! That they would come to know the Lord. One at a time, they did through different circumstances in their lives. Uh huh. And today they are devout believers, and and walking with Him. What, what God has done, is He's transformed my family. I told you that. Uh, my parents and their divorces. Yes. Nean and I have now been together for 48 years. And mm. uh, 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 our sons are both married and uh, uh, right at 20 years each. Mm. And uh, uh, he, God transformed my life. And he not only transformed my life, he transformed a family and he's transformed a company. Uh, I look at my life, and I lived about half of my career uh-huh. on one side of the cross. Yeah, that's uh, what I say on one side of the cross. Uh, at Jasco Products, uh, up until about 28 years ago, when I came to Christ, the only time that I ever heard the Lord's name mentioned there was in vain. Uh huh. Today, it's a ministry. Yeah. Today we share the gospel. Today we disciple people in the organization. Um, uh, today, we, we let them know on a regular basis decisions we're making in, relations to, in relation to different scriptures and passages in the uh-huh. Bible. Um, it's a tremendously different organization. It transformed my, my life, my family's life, and my business career.
0: You know, that's one of the things I like to think about because we get kind of self-centered. And it does start with us and our faith in Christ and our willingness to live out our faith in Christ. And you did that. But it's interesting to realize, and particularly, I think, for the parents listening, that that has a bigger impact. impact on our marriages, impact on our families, and you're a perfect example of that. But I, you just touched on something I also want to go into. This had a big impact on the way you went about your business. I know it's transformed JASCO. JASCO is a unique kind of business. It it has a very Christian feel. But before you got to that, as you began to meet with them and you began to put that into practice, you began to think Christianly about what you were doing when you used to think in a more secular way. What were some of the early things that you... that thinking caused you to do differently in your business, say when you were in your early 40s, you know,
1: during that time? Well, one of the, slowly but surely, as I started studying the Scripture, God would put different things on my heart, like giving, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, uh, and, And, you know, I started thinking about, well... I started out tithing on our personal needs and my personal income, mm-hmm. but then I started thinking about, well, who owns the business? Does do I own the business or does God own the business? And well, the profits of the business are His. Maybe we should start tithing on corporate profits. Mm. And um, um, I hope you've got time for a quick story here. Sure, but. In 1997, um, we had a supplier that came to us, and he needed to borrow money to make our products. And it was a secure deal. I knew him extremely well, and I knew it wouldn't be a problem. And he said, and I'll pay you 12% interest. Now, for your listeners today, (laughs) 12%? (laughs) Well, that was the going rate in, in 1997. And he said, I'll pay you 12% interest. And he said, and Steve, he said, I'd like for you to have some stock in our in our company. It's uh, publicly traded, and uh, uh, but it's a penny stock. Mm-hmm. And he said, I've always wanted you to have some stock. And I said, you don't need to do that, Randy. And he said, no, I want you to, to have it. And I said, okay. And so I gave that stock to my CFO and didn't think anything else about it. And a few days later, I was telling my C- CFO that we were going to start tithing on corporate profits. Mm-hmm. He said, Steve, we can't do that. We owe money to the banks. We need to take every penny that we've got and, and give it to the bank. Uh huh. And I said, well, no, I, the Lord's put it on my heart. We're going to start tithing on corporate profits. Now, I admit to dramatizing uh-huh. uh, this a <laughs> little bit, but at 11.59, you know, I've got a right at a $100,000 check in my hand. Uh-huh. And at 11.59 on New Year's Eve, I have a death grip on that check. <laughs> you know? yeah. But I let it go. Wow. And, and gave it away. And this part is not dramatized. Twelve days later, on January the 12th, 1998, My CFO walked in and he said, do you remember that stock that Randy gave you back in October? And I said, oh, yeah, sure. And he said, it went to $1.24 a share this morning. Whoa, for a penny stock. Unbelievable. I said, said, what does that mean? He said, it's worth $750,000. He said, what do you want me to do? And I said, we'll sell it. <laughs> you know, and quickly <laughs> yeah, sell it, and he did. And two days later, the stock went back to a few pennies. Mm-hmm. And I asked Randy, the owner, the the CEO of the company. I asked nobody could explain why that stock went up. Hmm. Just spiked and then went back to normal. Spiked and then it went back to, norm. yep. went back to normal. God told me with that uh, uh, with that experience, and, and, and don't let your listeners get 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 me wrong. That doesn't always happen. Right, uh, but right. God taught me with that particular experience that you will never outgive me. Yeah. you can't. And Second uh, Corinthians nine six through eleven. Uh, says, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Mm-hmm. Each one must do just as he is purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you will have an abundance for every good deed, as it is written, He scattered abroad, He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Mm -hmm. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and will increase the harvest of your righteousness and you will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgivings to God. I know that was a little long, Uh but four times in Mm -hmm. those six verses, he says the more you give the more you will get to give. Right. Not the more Not you'll to get consume. to buy the Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> right. more you'll get to uh-huh. give away. Right. And he has proved that to us time and time again. In 2008 uh, uh, came the Great Recession. Right. And our business dropped off uh, quickly, about 25%. Ooh. And we started talking about layoffs and we started praying to the Lord, uh, you know, how do we do layoffs with integrity? Uh-huh. And the message came back to both my sons and I, double your giving.
0: Hmm.
1: Wait a minute, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> double your giving. Revenues are going down. We've had a couple of record years, so expenses are going up. Uh-huh. And now we're going to double our giving. We did, and 08 ended up okay. hmm And um, 09, 10, 11, and 12 were record years, not because there were more footsteps in the stores buying our product. Uh-huh. We gained market share faster than we ever had in, huh. in the history of our company. Uh-huh. And and that's that's the miraculous, wonderful thing about the way God does things. He does things like the the stock going up, or uh, in mm-hmm. in 1997, or increasing our business by market share gains that we never expected. Right. He does things like we never expect he'll do them. Right. And they're awesome, and they're miraculous. Uh huh. You know. And so uh, at that point. We were giving away fifty percent of our profits. Wow! And it takes um, it takes the balance, the other fifty percent, to pay taxes and to uh, 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 grow the company, invest in business, retained earnings, right? To grow the company, so that got us to a point that we were essentially giving away all the profits. Right. And we came to the conclusion: all the the available the available profit, Uh huh? And we came to the conclusion: God owns the business, so He Uh owns the profits. And my sons and I get an get an income, a market based income, on CEOs and chairman of the board of that size company, and who needs more than that? Uh-huh. So the company's been the, the company's been transformed. We give all available profits away mm-hmm. to the work of the Lord.
0: Wow. And hey, you know what impresses me about that is you know, you could could be sitting here telling me a different story that had the same beginning and what I mean by that is this this story began and it always reminds me of the story in Joshua where they said we're gonna cross the Jordan River and but first you're gonna take the ark and you're gonna go step in the water and then I'll stop the water. You know they stepped in the water before God acted and you were holding that check at the end of the year mm-hmm. and and kind of really God, I've got a death grip on this check. you gave that with no expectation. you were trying to be faithful obviously yeah. to what you committed. and you know you could be sitting here now saying, yeah, and Terry, and you know we struggle for the next four or five years, but that had no bearing on that decision. In other words, the decision begins with faithfulness and then God does what he does with it.
1: and uh, yeah. yeah. If you've got time for one more quick uh-huh. story, um, we uh, uh, we got over-inventoried in the wrong product mm. in 1997-1998 period, and our largest account at the time, Target Stores, came to us and uh, or called us and said, "Steve, get on an airplane and come to Minneapolis. Uh, we need to talk to you." And I did, and uh, they told me that they needed a top tier name brand, and at the time we were selling them the Jasco brand uh-huh, and uh, they were our largest account and uh so uh, I didn't know where we were going to get a top tier name brand right but to them that meant Sony Panasonic, you uh-huh. know, something like that, and so I told them, I said, uh, we'll do what we can, and, and the, the VP of electronics said, uh, well, if, if, if you can, fine, but if you can't, in about 60 days, we're going to make a change. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, uh, you're going to lose the business, and we're going to a top-tier name brand. So I went home. And I started praying, this anxious guy, uh-huh. you know. I go home, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to walk with Christ. I'm about six years into my walk at that point. And I go home and I go to my knees that night and I said, Lord, we're over-inventoried in the wrong product. We're not bankable anymore. Uh-huh. Our largest account just said, we've got 60 days to come up with a name brand Show me how to take the business through bankruptcy with integrity. Mm. And if you don't want me to, then Father, we need a top tier name brand. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the foggiest idea where to get it. And Father, with that, I cast all my anxiety on you. I surrender this whole thing to you, mm. it's yours. I could almost hear him say, by the way, thanks a lot for the bankruptcy. <laughs> thanks for giving this to me. <laughs> thanks, <for giving> <laughs> thanks for giving me the company. I surrendered it to him that night. And uh, I walked in my office the next morning. Uh-huh. I got a good night's sleep that night, yeah. believe it or not. I didn't wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, worrying. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, I walked in my office the next morning, and the phone rang. And to make a long story very short, Eleven days later, we had the worldwide rights to the GE brand. That's when you connected with GE. That's at, when at we first. connected wow. with GE. Uh huh. And then, uh, and we had the worldwide rights for consumer electronic accessories. And then uh, in 2004, GE came to us and sold us their home the electrical products business. Business, yeah. And uh, it's 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 been amazing. Wow. Yeah. What God has done. Uh, transforming my, me, my uh, my family, uh, the business. It's amazing.
0: Well, kind of as a, as a parting lesson here, because I think that story is, is worth thinking about and just hearing that. It's, it's had a big impact on me and I think about it uh, a lot, is what God did there and what he's willing to do everywhere. But if you were talking to a 30-something business person today, maybe your former self, if you will, but imagine that person. What would you advice would you give them today from where you are now? And I'm not saying that you probably have a lot of advice, but if you could say something to our listeners, let's say, who are in their 30s and they're in business, maybe they don't own a business, but they're struggling with the just the anxieties of life, of family and work, etc. What from the other side of the cross in your
1: life would you A couple things you'd say to them. Um, It's about that man that walked into my life. Uh, God, the 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 greatest thing that ever happened in my life was finding a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, and, and Terry, you're a pastor. I love hearing good sermons from the pulpit. Mm -hmm. I love participating in small groups in the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the best of the best of the best is having another man walk with me. And by the way, both of those two men that walk with me weekly for 16 years, Mm -hmm. uh, I still meet with each of them once a month. And... Now that my only, and and I used to disciple two or three guys. Uh Now I'm discipling 10 now that I'm not CEO of the company anymore. And I meet with each of those guys once a week for an hour and a half. My encouragement to your audience is have a man. if If you're a man, have a man walking with you. If you're a woman, have a woman walking with you that's a more mature Christian than you are. That's uh, 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 that, and and you're you're walking in the scriptures together. You've got right. a plan, and you're you're doing it, and they're holding you accountable, you mm-hmm. know, for your thought life. Right. You know. Right. Uh, and and asking you the tough questions. You know, when is the last time you were anxious? Why were you anxious? Uh huh. You know. Uh, when is the last time that you looked at pornography on the Internet? Right. You know? The, the th- and, and things we're reluctant to yeah, say to anyone. Ex- exactly. Things that we would be reluctant to talk about in a group, mm-hmm. but that we could tell the person that we trust. Right. I will have a person walking life with me, and I will walk life with at least one, if not 10 or 11 other men, For as long as I physically and mentally can. Amen. Thank you, Steve.
0: Thanks for listening to the So We Speak podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a comment, leave a review, email us, tell us what you like about it, tell us what you'd improve about it. Thanks to all you guys who are listening. And we'll see you next week on the So We Speak podcast.